Hey everyone, so glad you're with us today. We decided we wanna bring some real life people who are leading micro churches and sharing some of their experience of what they have enjoyed and maybe some of the challenges about what micro church has been like in their community, in their neighborhood. So I have some good friends of mine today uh, Andy and Gabe Morkum. They lead Crowd House Church in Oakdale, Minnesota. And so we invited them to come today and just share a little bit for those who are curious about what does it look like to lead a microchurch in their home. Andy, Gabe, thanks for taking a few minutes for us to uh, have a chance to chat. I'm, I'm curious, you know, what gets you guys excited about microchurch? How did you originally even get open to this idea of leading something like this in your community? Hey, Trent, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we ended up starting our micro church right at the beginning of the pandemic because we had some close friends that were nervous to go into a traditional church setting. And we thought it was so unfortunate, the thought of spending months and what we found out were years of time not being connected to a church body. So we ended up starting Oakdale Crowded House Church in our home. And from there, it, it just has been a wonderful experience. Man, that's so cool. Gabe, how about you? I mean, you're, um, what are some of the things that you've liked so far about having people in your home in a small setting for church? We love it. It's so much more genuine welcoming people when it's your house. Like, hi, welcome to my home. Let's sit together. And the cool thing about micro church is that we get to do it with our community, right? So church is on Sunday in our living room and it's on Monday at the PTO meeting and Thursday at soccer practice because they're people that we are spending our lives with already. And so it's just really great to see church be more than just a building and that it's a home, but it's also a community. Yeah, no, so good. Um, for someone that's thinking about doing church like this, and a lot of people get nervous thinking about just the responsibility about caring for other families in a church, a micro church setting, and they may get nervous. What would you say to encourage someone to take this step? What, what does it take? What kind of a, what kind of person should take a step of leading a group like this? What do you think? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And people ask us that all the time. And the first thing I tell them is we're not pastors. You know, we're, we're not biblical authorities, but we are strong Christians. And we understand that caring for people, loving people is a big part of what the call is and being comfortable sharing your faith with others. And in the end, when it comes to leading um, micro church is that you're a facilitator of, of reading the word together and discovering and learning exactly what God's got planned for us in our daily lives together. And so there's these beautiful moments sometimes when we're reading things together and someone asks a hard question and we can genuinely say, we don't know the answer to that question, but we have this beautiful book that has it. Let's go figure out how to find that together. And so the growing that happens and the, just the maturity that just blossoms as a whole community is wonderful to watch because now that's kind of our homework this week is we're going to go figure out how to find the answer to this question and talk about it. Boy, I love that. Yeah, because it's, it's so true. We get to default back to talking about God's word and letting, letting God's word speak and, and letting 
that guide our discussion versus having to come up with a three-point sermon and uh, share a message, that kind of a thing. Um, One thing that people may not understand about microchurch is they may think that church is, a microchurch is like a small version of what is typically in a big church setting, you know, where you'd have, uh, you'd start with music, have announcements and have a message and all, all those things. Um, maybe just really quickly, um, how would you explain what happens in a microchurch setting, like what you guys experience? Right. Well, there's two things when we were starting, we were worried about one is we don't have all the answers. So we didn't want people to think we were pastors, but two, we wanted it to be simple and the focus to be on relationship and praying and reading the Bible together. So the method that we've been using is one that you had helped us with, right? That missionaries in other countries have used for years. And that's reading through the Bible, uh, a chapter or two, and then working on retelling that from memory. So it sticks and you can kind of capture the story along with reading the words and then and then from there we talk through we ask questions as a group you know, how the characters in this story um made a difference in god's kingdom how does this impact you in your day-to-day life and how can we pray for each other so it's really just a simple set of questions and we let each uh, church meeting guide itself and we don't know where it's going to go but it it keeps it really simple and it's a very basic format it's also really genuine and authentic, right? When we're going to take one great story and we're going to talk it through together. And then, um, you know, I get just picking out the pieces on where God's speaking. It's a really great format too, because when our kids are there, right, we can have conversations. Our 14 year old can sit right in and feel completely like a contributor to the group because these questions, um, really just guide your thought process. And like, what are you thinking about this? Our 10 year old, jumps right into, she loves to be the one to retell the story. Like, I remember, I remember. But um, even stepping back from that, like a normal church day, it's everyone comes on in and grabs a cup of coffee and sits down at the table. Hey, what's going on this week? Like, I haven't seen you in two or three days. What's been happening? And then jumping into like our cozy couches and talking through the word. And then we usually wrap up with a meal. So like, because we meet Sunday mornings, a little more traditional timeline, we sit and have lunch together. And so, we all bring something to share and we're able to, again, just sit and talk about what the week's got coming up. Like, what can we be praying for? What weird stuff is coming down the, you know, shoot that for the week. And so it's a really great way to connect just like on an additional level. So we love it. Yeah, boy. Thank you. That's, that's really, yeah, I agree. That's so many of those things you're talking about are amazing when it comes towards experiencing community get together and really getting to know people. That's just been one of the most wonderful things about our microchurch environment. There are a lot of amazing things, but there are some challenges periodically in a microchurch setting. What do you guys think? What's some of the hardest things about being in a microchurch setting? Sure. There's a couple of things to consider. One is when you invite a neighbor or a friend who's curious, inviting them into your house can be scary for them, right? Because in a big church building, they might be able to walk into the back and melt into the wall and check things out without fear of having to share what their concerns are or or explain why they've maybe not been connected to a church for a long time. But in a home church setting, um, people are really sitting there with eight, 10 others, and they feel like they can't hide from 
you know, their, their past hurts or what they want to deal with before they really start to share. So we found one of the best ways to address that is to start by uh, getting together at a coffee shop, um, talking with a neighbor, going on walks and having a relationship first before you end up uh, bringing them right in the middle of a Sunday morning get together. You know, and do, I mean, there's like the logistics, right? This is my house. And if my 10 year old has a meltdown and destroys the bathroom, like leaving all of her stuff on the counters and then the doorbell rings, like that kind of stinks as a host, but it's also beautiful, right? Cause we're family or again, just that authenticity of like, this is where we live. This is what we do. There just might be a few dishes in the sink today. And that's, I mean, that's life. And so it's tricky, but it makes it, I mean, it's real. I say one other thing too is uh, with kids, right? Um, people think I need somewhere for my kids to go. And in a home church setting, we include the kids as much as possible. Yeah. And we found that the parents and the kids connect more over their faith in a home church setting than they would traditionally in a larger church. Um, but for people who want more, our teenagers are a part of a local youth group at a different church. And that's been really positive. And that church knows that we're a, a micro church on our own and they'll support us any way we can with our kids. And for younger kids that come, uh, we end up using some of the right super book. Well, right? it was just a lot of the yeah. right now media provides some really great formatting too. So like if our conversation is going about stories that get really tough and hard concepts for kids like under 10 to wrap their noggin around, we've got some great fallbacks for kids, but in the same way, like, yeah, we don't have kids programming. We don't check our kid in, grab a cup of coffee and sit in a sanctuary. Right. And so, it makes it thoughtful. And I think that's beautiful because with our families that we have, that we meet together with our children, we as parents collaborate, right? So we know exactly what our kids are gonna be looking at or learning about and how we as parents can really take ownership in that without having to work too terribly hard at it. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, I love that. W one last question. And just as you guys are dreaming about the future of what God might wanna do through your expression in Oakdale there, what? What are some of the dreams? What are some of the thoughts that you have for the future of, of what you would like to do either in or through or because of your microchurch in Oakdale? Yeah, no, that's great. And one of the benefits of microchurch is there's no overhead, right? So whenever someone's feeling generous or they've got uh, tithe money to give, we can give it directly to the community. So there's one time there was a fair here in Oakdale and uh, we saw it on Facebook. And the family had lost everything and they, they had some insurance, but in the meantime, they had a month living out of a hotel and they needed help. So we were able to come to them as a local micro church and uh, verify the need. And once we knew that the need was there, we were able to help them um, in a way that most people couldn't because even larger churches have to go through committees and boards have to vote on it. Um, and for us as a group, we can talk to, you know, the pastor that's helping us with our micro church, Dr. U Trent, we talk with other adults and we can make a quick decision to help people right where they're hurting, which is one of the benefits of doing it this way. And it's so amazing to sit and just like be, again, I need to reference the PTO because we have kids that age, but sitting there and talking about, oh my goodness, it was so great to see you the other day. And it's just so awesome. And these people that we're connecting with and making relationships with, we're like, where were you guys? Oh, we were doing church. We do it at our house seriously I didn't even know you could do that can we come like it's it does this organic 
blossoming of things. And it would be so great to just see like how it can grow into how, yeah, maybe 31st Street is got a micro church, but then maybe so does 35th, right? And so does 40th. And so it just, these churches that are going to meet people right where they're at, again, mm -hmm. seeing the needs of our neighbors and being able to be like, that's what the church is for. Here's you know how we can help meet that. Boy, I love it. You guys are doing a fantastic job. I just love your heart for your neighbors. And I love, I mean, one thing about leaders who are going to start neighborhood microchurches is they have to really care about people. And that's one thing that you guys uh, just have an incredible heart for caring for other people. And, and so as people consider thinking about should they take a missional step like this, I think that's a huge part of it is you have to actually love people. You actually have to have a, a passion for people like we're supposed to have as followers of Jesus, but you guys have that. And I love how you are so connected to your community and you don't just, um, you don't just think, let's get a bunch of people together for a holy huddle, but instead you want to uh, have that opportunity for people to come, but you also want to get involved in all kinds of ways in your community and you're, you're living that out. So appreciate your example. And I think we'll have to do future conversations and, and continue to dive in more for uh, questions that people may have. But thanks for taking the time to, uh, to share. Any, any last things that were on your mind that you wanted to share is just maybe an insight for someone who's thinking about a microchurch. No, I, yeah, I think you just need to take the leap of faith, right? If you feel called to serve other people and you feel like your faith is leading you towards something like this, don't wait until you have five families lined up. Don't wait until you've got your living room with all the nice couches that you wanted. Just do it. Just get together because what we found as we've met with people and you get to know people on a much deeper personal level uh, is that people really don't care about those details. They just want someone to talk to and work through their faith. I mean, when we first started, I was just thinking about this. At the very beginning of the pandemic, we were on the driveway. Everyone brought a camp chair. And it's like the neighbors would walk by and be like, hey, come on over. Like, it doesn't have to be like intentionally inserting yourself into places to get to know people so they can come to church. It can just be like, we're going to hang out in the front yard today for church and sit and visit and catch up. And I mean, there's times where we've had to, this is the passage we were going to read today, but someone's going through something heavy. So like we table it. We're here for, you know, our friends. We're here for our community. We're here for our church. And so just sitting out and having a conversation and again, being able to invite those neighbors in when they're walking the dog, like I have an extra dog treat over here. Come sit down. Like it's great. It can be as simple as that really. Man, that's so cool. Hey, thanks so much. You guys have a great day and uh, thanks for taking the time for you out there listening to us. Thanks for taking a moment to learn a little bit more about microchurch. And if you have more questions, check out Crowded House Church. Uh, crowdedhouse.church on the website, and you'll find a leader section with more information. All right. Thanks so much. Great. Thanks, Grant.